Hey, thanks for listening to Cornerstone Church. You can find us on the web at akcornerstone.org. And we want you to know it's our prayer that the Holy Spirit will use this message to either save you through the good news about Jesus Christ, grow you into the likeness of Jesus, or send you to proclaim Jesus in the Spirit's power. Christmas is a time of expectation. I'm sure that probably everyone in this room is expecting something tomorrow. The first Christmas was also a time of great expectation from 2,000 years ago. It started like this. Adam and Eve in the garden, perfect place, perfect relationship, unbroken intimacy with their Creator, and then sin. And right at that moment of sin and the fall of mankind and all that came with it, God gave a promise. God promised a deliverer, a Messiah, that the Christ would come to be the Savior of the world. And then down through the Old Testament, God reaffirmed that promise. He said it to Abraham. He said it in various ways throughout the Old Testament that the Savior's coming, the Messiah is coming. And so what the Jews were doing is they were looking forward with great anticipation, expectation for that greatest of promises to be fulfilled. What I want to do this tonight is just, uh, I'm going to take just a few minutes in four different segments, and I want to show you quickly how Jesus Christ exceeds all expectations. And we're going to use the four props here on the stage that came from some of our creative team members to do that. First of all, the feeding trough, the manger. Jesus Christ, in His birth, in the way that He came, exceeded all expectations. Let me read you just a statement about the Christmas story from Philippians chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7. It says, Though Jesus was in the form of God, He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. You see, the vast majority of the Jews of Jesus' day, they missed the Savior. This long-anticipated promise, when He arrived, they missed Him. And here's why they missed Him. They were expecting something different. They were expecting something very different. You see, Jesus Christ... 
They didn't realize it. That's why they missed him. But he came in a way so much greater than expected. It says there in Philippians that he was equal with God. Here's the cliff notes on that. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And he came in humility. He came as a servant. He joined the divine nature with the human nature and became a very servant of the creatures he created. And that just... If any human was writing the script, that just wouldn't be put in the story. It just doesn't make sense from a human standpoint. The creator, the servant of creation. And so they missed him. But what Jesus did in that humiliation, in that incarnation, when he left heaven as God and became a man, made himself a man, the servant of man. What Jesus did is he fully entered into our reality 100%. It's why Jesus exceeds all expectations at the birth. God in the feeding trough. God came in skin to be touchable. God came in poverty to be approachable. He came in vulnerability to be relevant. He came as a man to be believed. You see, Jesus came in a way that exceeded our wildest expectations in his birth. Fully entered into our reality so that your difficult road, he's walked it. Your betrayal, he's lived it. Your pressure, he's endured it. Your pain, he's felt it. Why? Because he is fully man while being fully God. That's the truth of the incarnation. That's how Jesus radically exceeds our expectations in his coming. So let's reflect upon that. Ash, would you come? Let's just reflect upon that for a few minutes of the holy God coming down to humanity. The story of Christmas must not end with God in a feeding trough. If it did, it would be a pointless story. So let's continue in Philippians as Paul continues the story following his statement about how Jesus Christ came says in verse 8, In being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, we have to go to the next scene in order for the story of Christmas really to begin to make sense. 
God came to a feeding trough so that God could go to a cross. That was his divine intent. Just as Jesus' birth exceeded all expectations, Jesus' death also exceeds all expectations. You know, the Jews, the Jews were looking for something radically different. They were looking for a deliverer to come and lead them out of subjugation to Rome, to throw off that uh, yoke of oppression, to give them authority on earth in victory. And, but that's not what Jesus did. He did something so much greater than that. What he did through the cross is he gave the power to throw off the slavery of sin. He gave through the cross an authority that transcends the earth. See, his death defeats the power of sin. His shed blood that cancels the curse of sin. His suffering breaks off the shackles of sin. And Jesus' crucifixion takes enmity between God and man and replaces it with peace for everyone that puts their faith in Him and Him alone. That is exceedingly greater than any expectation we could have dreamed up. What we're going to do to reflect and remember his death is just what he told us to do. We're going to take communion. Communion has two elements, a piece of bread, and some juice representing the broken body and the spilled blood, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And it is his broken body and his shed blood that makes the way for sin to be paid for. It was in his perfect flesh, sinless flesh, that he took on humanity's sin and died to pay its penalty to remove its curse and to free us from condemnation. So when we remember his death, when we take communion, what we're doing is we are identifying ourselves with him as our Savior. So communion is for you if you've accepted Christ or for you tonight for the first time if you've not accepted him as your Savior and you want to do that. What we've got is we've got some tables around the three sides here. Uh, And so, while we are listening to some music, I'm just going to ask you to get up at your leisure and go to one of the tables closest to you, uh, either alone or with your family, and remember as you take the bread and the juice, remember the sacrifice Christ has made. Jesus exceeded expectations in His birth. He exceeded expectations in his death.
and he certainly exceeded expectations in his resurrection. In fact, it says in Colossians that Jesus disarmed Satan and his demonic forces through the cross and then he defeated them through his resurrection. And here's what Jesus said to all of his followers, both those that were walking the shores of Palestine with him 2,000 years ago and everyone down through history that has followed in his steps, accepted him as Savior. He said that he is the resurrection and the life and that for everyone that believes in him, though they die, yet they will live. You see, his resurrection becomes not only his resurrection, his resurrection becomes the resurrection for every one of his followers, for every son and daughter of God. Just think about the reality and the beauty and the truth behind what we know about the resurrection from Scripture. I don't have time to preach that this morning, but just a couple of statements. You know that physical body of yours that is in the long, slow slide from V-shape to pear-shape? You remember that thing? Resurrection's going to take care of that. You remember that mental vault that now you can't even find the combination for? Resurrection is going to take care of that. And every other problem and every other ailment. The answer to them all is going to be in the resurrection. Oh, how Jesus exceeds expectations by his resurrection. And it's power that will call us from the grave as his followers one day. I love this thought. Because of the resurrection, every one of those goodbyes, those painful, heartbreaking goodbyes in the family of God are going to become reunions because of the resurrection. And this, because of the resurrection for every son and daughter of God, every why is going to become a wow. You see, it says in Romans 8.28 that God's working in all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So here's what that means. That means every why that you hit in life, why this, why that, that 
when we stand on the other side of the resurrection and we see the why, we're going to say, wow, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Ash, would you come? You see, the fact is that Jesus is alive. Alive forevermore. Jesus' life is the unconquerable life. And he gives that life to every son and daughter of God. Let's reflect upon that. Resurrection of Jesus Christ is the death of death. That's what it is. Finally, number four, Jesus exceeds all expectations in his exaltation. Back to Philippians chapter 2, the rest of the story, verse 9, therefore God, because of his obedience to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Simply put, Jesus Christ is the reigning Lord of all creation. And His promise, here's how He exceeds all expectations through His exaltation. His promise is that for every son and daughter of God, everyone that has put their faith in Him and Him alone for their salvation that they will reign with him throughout all eternity. What does that mean? Well, it defies description. Because the scripture says that eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him defies description, defies even imagination. What we will experience, what we will lavish in, the sights and the sounds, the food from heaven's banquet table that we're going to get to binge on guilt-free. Ash, would you come? Most of all, it's this. Here is the central way in which through his exaltation and the reigning with him that comes, here's the central way that he exceeds all expectations. just want to read this statement that I wrote this afternoon. We will for all of eternity as sons and daughters of God we will bask in the unveiled holy 
presence of God Himself whose waves of emanating glory wash over us and through us as His glory just emanates from Himself. It will go through us in unspeakable joy and wonder. And it will do that in increasing measure throughout all of eternity so that in increasing measure throughout all of eternity we will move from one degree of awe and wonder over His glory to another in increasing measure that will cause in increasing measure within us spontaneous eruptions of praise. See, Jesus, in ways really undescribable, exceeds all expectations. And ladies and gentlemen, really that all is the story of Christmas because that story alone makes no sense. It's when that story is married with that story, is married with that story, is married with that story, that it becomes a clear picture. That's why he came. So, to whom then does it benefit? Does it benefit everyone that pauses one day a year driving by a nativity scene and thanks God for the baby no it radically transforms forever those who recognize that Jesus came to be the Savior that's what The angel said to Joseph, when the child is born, name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. See, the story transforms when the person believes in who Jesus is and what he did. When a sinner estranged from God, at enmity with God, bondage to sin, bound for hell, realizes that Jesus is God in the flesh, sent from heaven to go to the cross to pay for sin, fully accomplishing the satisfaction of the wrath of God against sin in His own sacrifice than rising again as the divine proof from the Father that the sacrifice was accepted. And he said all of that would happen long before it happened so that you can also trust the fourth promise because all of the first three came true. True. 
And the fourth promise is he's coming back for you if you're his. So the way Christmas transforms is when you believe Jesus is the Son of God and has paid the all-sufficient sacrifice and you put your trust in Him and Him alone to forgive you of your sin. It's not cheap, cost Son of God His life, but it's free. And then when that is accepted and you as a sinner are forgiven and given a new life, then the power of God, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell within to help you live that new life for His glory. You don't just go back to your old ways. You walk with God into a new existence forever. That's the offer that comes with the package of Christmas. If you haven't opened that present, open that present this year. Would you please stand and pray with me? Father, really your, your gift, just words are so inadequate. God in a feeding trough, God on the cross. It's just, ridiculously shocking but thank you thank you so much there are those here this morning or this evening that have not yet accepted the Son as their Savior, would you give them faith to believe? Grant them repentance unto life. Then, Lord, I just want to pray a blessing over this body. I want to pray and ask that, that you would just help us tomorrow as we go about the traditions of the day not to stray from the purpose of Christmas. That we would keep you central, Christ. We would live the day in thanksgiving for the greatest gift ever given. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.